Hey, this is Dan Kogan. I'm one of the pastors at Grace Family in Pleasant Hill, Missouri, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today and let you know you matter to us because you matter to God. Enjoy the message. We're going to look a little bit about at Joseph, all right? So if you have your Bibles, we're going to begin really with the book of Matthew and the story of how Joseph discovers about Mary and the upcoming baby. Uh, I was looking online sometime and, and, and saw a devotional by a man named John Bloom, and it really just kind of spoke to my heart, and, and I've been looking for an opportunity to sort of unpack these truths a little bit to you because they really have meant a lot to me. The story of, of, of the birth of Jesus is so multifaceted. There's so many parts to it. And as we've talked over the last several weeks, we want to only look at what the Scripture says. It's so easy to get lost in the culture and what the culture says about the birth of Jesus. As we said, he was born in a, in a, in a, in a feed. He was laid in a feed box, not, not, not in a little baby bed, but, but in a feed box where animals ate. And we'll talk a little more about that as well. But have you ever thought about what went through Joseph's heart and mind? We talk a lot about Mary, obviously. Very blessed, very chosen of God, this wonderful, sweet young girl. To have the Holy Spirit placed within her womb, the creator of the universe. But she was engaged to be married. And she had to have a discussion with Joseph. And she had to tell Joseph, Joseph, I'm pregnant. But it's a pregnancy of the Holy Spirit of God. I was visited by an angel. And this child that is in me is of the Holy Spirit. I promise you that wasn't something Joseph was expecting to hear. Look at verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. Once again, Lord, we ask that you speak to us this morning through the power of your word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. At this point, when Mary comes to Joseph and has this unbelievably difficult and awkward conversation, Joseph faced a very painful decision. Now, I've I've taught this and preached this all of my life. And I just moved right on to say, but God came to Joseph in a dream. But what I realized, looking at this article written by John, what I realized is he didn't do that immediately. 
He could have. God could have revealed to John, Joseph rather, God could have revealed to Joseph even before he revealed it to Mary. Now that would have been a lot easier for Joseph, right? If God comes to Joseph and says, now look, Joseph, I haven't talked to Mary yet, but I'm going to, and here's what's going to happen. Or he could have at least spoken to Joseph and revealed through an angel exactly at the same time that he did with Mary, so that when Mary showed up, she would have said, Joseph, and he goes, I know, I know the angel told me too, and they could have embraced and celebrated. But it didn't happen that way. Oh, we would love life to be simple, wouldn't we? Why doesn't God just make it all clear? Why didn't he just, why didn't he just tell me everything? Why doesn't he just take all my problems and just move them out of the way? Why didn't he just part them like the Red Sea? Well, you go to some prosperity preacher and he'll tell you if you give him enough money, God will do that for you. But then he'll end up in jail sometime or something. I mean, really, one of the most wonderful things about the story of, of the incarnation of Christ is that he was born into a human environment. And this side of heaven, life is difficult and challenging and uncertain, and we're faced with decisions, and God doesn't always make it entirely clear all the time to us. Decades later, the Apostle Paul would say, I see through a glass dimly. I know what that's like. Because I don't pull my truck in the garage in the winter. And I don't have patience sometimes to scrape it off. So you take the best you can and you pull out your driveway and you see through a glass dimly. Paul didn't see clearly all the time either this side of heaven. Now, Paul quickly said, but one day... One day, I'm gonna, it, it, that glass is going to be gone. And I'll have clear understanding of everything. But that day is not today. And when we look at, at the fact that Mary came to Joseph, this, this young girl, no doubt much younger than Joseph, and, and, and everything that would have been involved in him becoming engaged to her, all that would have had to happen, all those things that would have taken place, and, and, you know, Nazareth's not a big city. Everybody knew Mary. Everybody knew Joseph. And everybody knew this was... And, and it was probably one of Joseph's worst nightmares. My young bride's coming to me and telling me she's pregnant and the child's not mine. She says it's of the Holy Spirit. And I really do believe when you see the way in which Joseph responded to that, I think he had some belief in her. I think he loved her so much and believed in her so much, but yet he knew he couldn't explain that to anybody. Nobody was going to understand that. Even if he believed it, what's he going to say to the rest of the community? And, and here's what I want to get across to you. Here's what I want to get across to me. God didn't rescue Joseph from that dilemma immediately. He rescued him eventually, but not immediately. And folks, that's the nature of the life that we live. 
God has a plan. His plan is going fine. There is nothing going to interrupt his plan. It, it is complete. It was laid down before the foundation of the world. Nothing, no, nothing's going to change it. Nothing's going to interrupt it. He's going to bring it through to completion. But this side of heaven, as we're caught up in it at times, we can't always see how it is all unfolding. And God doesn't always, for his purpose and our purpose and our edification and for reasons we may not know, as Paul says, until we get to heaven, he doesn't always tell us every detail exactly when we want to know it. And for what his purposes, he chose to not rescue immediately. He allowed Joseph And this is what John Bloom says. He allowed Joseph a time of grief. Folks, there had to be some grief in that. We're not going to get married. This isn't going to happen. How, how, all my hopes, all my dreams about having this family with this young, beautiful girl, it's over. God allowed him to grieve. Allowed him time for grief in that. God allowed him to be bewildered. Anybody in here been a Christian a long time and you can identify with Joseph and say, God's allowed me to grieve? God's allowed me to be bewildered? God's allowed me to be bewildered? God's allowed me to struggle? He did. He allowed Joseph to go through all of those things. And as I said, he could have come to Joseph earlier. He could have come to Joseph simultaneously, but he didn't. In verse 19 of that that we just read, so her husband Joseph, or her betrothed husband Joseph, being a, a righteous man. I mean, God not only chose, he not only chose Mary for who she was, but there was a righteousness about Joseph, being a righteous man. We can assume he had a deep trust in God. And knowing what he knew and being where he was, he made the best decision he could, a decision he believed was both just and merciful. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly. So he was going to take care of this privately. But it was actually the wrong decision. Because as Ephesians 3.20 tells us, God is doing more and beyond anything we could ask or think. All right? So here's Joseph thinking, here's Joseph thinking, this is over. The future I've planned, the, the hopes I had, the telling my, if he had brothers and uncles and parents still living, telling my family, it's all over. And then she tells me it's of God. Why, why didn't you talk to me? Why am I not hearing from God? 
and the grieving and the bewilderment and the confusion. And then he, he does the best he knows how to do. He, he's a man, of, a righteous man and a, a godly man. And he doesn't want to shame this young woman. He doesn't want to ruin her life. I mean, think about it. He doesn't just kick her out. He doesn't just throw her to the wolves. He doesn't just try to save his own reputation and let hers go. He cares for her, which absolutely vindicates why God chose him in the first place, right? But God let him go through all of that. And God even let him begin to make a decision that while it seemed right and merciful was the wrong one. Why? Because as I said, as Ephesians tells us, God is going to do far more than we could ever ask or think. And at that point, it's when God intervened. And he corrected Joseph. (laughs) I love this. Verse 20 of Matthew 1. But after after Joseph had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Look, there are over 300 times in God's word we're told not to be afraid. As I said, Charles Spurgeon says, little fear-me-nots pop up all around God's garden. Behind the precepts and the doctrines, there's a fear-me-not. There's much to be afraid of. Joseph had a tremendous amount to be afraid of. And the first thing the angel says to Joseph is, you don't need to be afraid. Fear not, Joseph. Don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. Listen, the decision that Joseph was making before the visit of the angel seemed wise and just and correct. And God allowed him to think in those terms and head in that direction. But God intervened because Joseph was a righteous man and listened to God. And God said, Joseph, it's just the opposite. You go ahead and make her your wife. Because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. In verse 24, and when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel commanded, and he married her. He did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and they named him Jesus. Sometimes in life, God will not reveal everything to us when we want him to. Sometimes in life, God, for his purposes and our own edification and for reasons we may not fully understand or probably will not fully understand until we get to heaven, God will not do it the way we would think he should do it. And he may, he may have us go through a time of grieving. He may have us go through a time of uncertainty. He may have us go through a time when we're trying to find out what we're to do and we don't see it. But if we will remain faithful to him in his good time, as my preacher friends used to say, God, sometimes God, is, God, sometimes God doesn't arrive on time, but he's never late. I didn't say that very well. And sometimes God doesn't arrive on time, as far as we're concerned, but he's never late. 
And when you need to know, you'll know. And I believe this story is in here for you and for me. I believe it's to help us realize that this side of heaven, we're not going to have every answer every day exactly like we need it. But it doesn't mean God is not working all around us. It doesn't mean God is not doing far more above and beyond anything we could imagine in this circumstance of our life. Obviously, what Joseph is thinking here is, my life is falling apart, nothing's going right. But what's really happening is, all of human history is going to change. Something far bigger than Joseph. And sometimes we look at our life and we think, my, my life is falling apart. These things aren't happening. But if we will step back and realize we are God's children, we are part of his plan, we are part of his redemption plan, and he's doing something with our life we could never imagine. And many of us, it will not be until we cross over into heaven and we look back and we see where God was working all of this for his glory and for our own spiritual growth. And no doubt that wrestling that Joseph had in those days or hours or however long it was before God spoke to him, no doubt, listen, listen to me, no doubt that served him very well later in his life when God didn't give him an immediate answer and he was willing to wait and say it will come, it will come. But that's not all. (laughs) Let's look over and... Luke chapter 2, as we've been for several weeks. And there we see, in those days, chapter 1, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be taxed. The first tax took place when Quirinius was governor of, of Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Verse 4, so Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was the house and family of David, to be registered with Mary, who he was engaged to and who was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in tightly cloth and laid him in a feed box because the guest room was not available for them. And again, that's the appropriate way to read that. I don't want to preach another sermon twice, and I'm, I'm going to keep you late. I let you out early the last couple of weeks, so I got one coming. <laughs> but whatever it is, it was 80 miles, 80 miles from where they lived to Bethlehem. It would take at least five days at the speed they could go. And if you count the hills of Judea, it could take as long as eight days. Can you imagine being at the point of giving birth and traveling for five to eight days walking and on a donkey? There are no no off-ramps on the interstate. There are no McDonald's where you can stop. I mean, it was sleeping on the ground at night. He's trying to gather water and food and keep her well and worry about her health. All because of what? Because the government says he's got to make this eight-day trip right at the time this baby that God has brought to him is going to be born. He's got to be thinking, why, doesn't, why couldn't it have been born a week ago? And then they get there, and, and the city is so crowded, and no doubt all of his relatives are there, and the house that they might stay in of some relatives was packed. 
And every house had a guest room or an inn. But it was filled with people. And she, that, that was the night she was giving birth. And they needed some privacy. And many of these houses would have little places where the animals would be brought in at night. And that was the place where he, they would have privacy. So he takes her there. And, and there in that place of darkness with the animals around. And all we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. And this incredibly humble. Unbelievably humble. Blows your mind, humble environment. The creator of the whole universe becomes a human being and is born into his creation. And no doubt you could look at that and you could say, Mary, Mary, you deserve to have your mom around you. You deserve to have your sisters around you. Joseph, you, you hand, he's a carpenter. He probably built a bed for the baby and it's back up there in Nazareth. And, 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 all of this stuff because of the government, because the Roman Empire said, well, i got to come down here and get counted so I can pay taxes, for goodness sakes. So all of those things. But listen carefully. Just as God will sometimes allow us grieving and uncertainty before he reveals to us in his time, not ours, but he always will, what we're to do. The stable was not about Again, what John says, the stable was not about John Bloom. The stable was not about Mary or Joseph. It was about God making himself nothing. Paul writes these words in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, verse 6. Adopt the same attitude of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, and when he became as a man, he humbled himself, even to the point of death on the cross. He had come to humble himself to unfathomable depths, so he borrowed a feed box in which to be laid. And later... In paying the price for our sin, he borrowed a tomb in which to be laid. Now, Joseph wasn't likely to grasp any of that. In the chaos and the, the mayhem of that moment, he was simply doing the best he could with what had given him. I can't say it any better than my friend John here has said it. There are times while seeking to follow God faithfully, we find ourselves in a desperate moment, forced to be in a place we would not choose to go. It's then we must remember our lives and our circumstances are never all about us. They are about Jesus Christ. Your cancer... The loss of a loved one, the loss of your job. If you're a follower of Jesus and dependent upon him, ultimately it's not about you. It's about Christ. And he's working his will and his plan for his glory. And listen to me, I mean this, I'm preaching to myself, and for our joy. No way would Mary and Joseph have picked the way to have Jesus come into this world 
And no doubt that night it was full of confusion and, and could have been angst and anxiety and questioning. But at the same time, it wasn't about them. It was about Jesus and how he was to show to the entire universe the absolute amount of humility God had to not be born in a nice little home uh, among friends and family in a clean little place, but to actually be born as, as prophecy said he would be in Bethlehem and to be born in that stable. One last quick, like, uh, one last quick glimpse at Joseph. Going back, and I'll, I'll hasten, going back to Matthew the wise men came. Remember, we talked about that last week. We don't know how many they were. There were more than two. And they brought the gifts and the significance of the gifts. And by the time they come, they're back in their house up in Nazareth. They're not in Bethlehem. And when the wise men visit and bring the gifts in worship, Herod finds out. And Herod wants to kill all of the male babies under the age of two. And here, again, something happens in chapter 2. Now, listen carefully. Something happens in chapter 2 of, Luke, of Matthew, verse 13. And after the, the wise men, after the Magi were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother during the night and escaped to Egypt, and they stayed there until Herod's death, so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Do you think that was an unplanned detour in Joseph and Mary's life? Do you think they planned to move to Egypt? <laughs> Do you think after having this child, they planned to pull up stakes and go to all places Egypt and stay for an indefinite period of time? It's not like you're going to stay for six months and come back. You're going to stay till Herod dies. And you're going to raise this child initially in the first few years of his life around people that don't speak your language and that you don't even know. And you would think, wouldn't you, that Joseph would think, well, God, if you're great enough to conceive through the Holy Spirit a child in Mary and call him the Son of God, why can't you just take Herod out today? And I, I have a, we have a sermon on the slaying of the innocents, and I, don't, I can't preach that today. But why, why doesn't God just do that today? And if there's anything about the story of Joseph, it tells us he was a good man and a righteous man and, and a trustworthy man, and he loved God. But there were many times, even in these three little, ex, explore, ex, three little stories we're looking at here, where he had to come to the end of himself and say, I don't understand why this is happening. Can I get an amen? Anybody in here ever feel like that in life? Well, you're going to feel more like that this side of heaven. And I really believe that this is one of the reasons God has Joseph go through all this to reveal to us that while it may look this side of heaven, as we're standing in it, it may look like this is all chaos, this is all a mess, nothing's going right. Where is God in all of this? He is in every millisecond of it. Not for our purposes, but for his glory. And eventually for our joy. And I'm telling you, if we can just wrap these silly human minds we have around that, we can endure anything. And we can be like the Apostle Paul that says, I can be content no matter what happens to me. Even death. If I die, whew, that's a win. But if I stay here, I get to hang out with you and talk more about Jesus, that's a win. 
Everything's a win. Again, John Bloom says, like Joseph, the unplanned, inefficient detours of our lives, the job you didn't want, the child that became ill, the loved one that you lost, these are all all planned by God. Isaiah 55. God's ways are not our ways. And they are frequently bewildering to us. But they are always better than our way because God is orchestrating far more than we see or know in every single unexpected event in our life. So when you finally and see yourself moving in a direction you hadn't planned, you're a follower of Christ. Take heart. He's got something great planned for you. My good friend Henry Blackaby used to always say, when God breaks you, he's making you. And when God takes you through a very dark valley, it's because he's got some amazing opportunity for you yet to come. And that was the truth with Joseph. So I hope now when you see that little statue of Joseph in your nativity scene, or you see him here, you understand what a human being he was. And you understand how you can identify with him in the grief and the uncertainty he went through when he first realized Mary was pregnant. You can understand the bewilderment he no doubt had when the baby was born in Bethlehem. And you can understand how he had to deal with an unexpected detour in his life when he had to go to Egypt. But hopefully you can look at that and say, that is my life. And as God was in every millisecond of Joseph's life, I'm a child of God and he is in mine too. And he will never leave me nor forsake me. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as your Savior. He came so that you might know him, so that you could understand him, so that he could love you and he could sustain you through all difficulties and all sorrows and all, all, all heartache and all adversity. I don't want you to go through life without knowing Christ. He is the hope of the world. He's your hope. And he's the reason we can have joy even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of grief. Not because of our wisdom, but because of Christ. And he came and he lived and he died and he rose again and he defeated sin and defeated the grave for you and for me. He took upon himself the wrath of a holy God so that our, those of us who are sinful would have our sins removed. And if you don't know him, I pray that this will be the moment that God alone will open your eyes and reveal his truth to you and draw you to saving faith. But for those of us who are Christians, let's come together this morning and realize as chosen as Joseph was, it wasn't always easy for him but it was always exactly as God wanted it to be. And you know, at the end of his days, Joseph wouldn't have changed one millisecond. He grew to love God and he grew to trust God through every one of those events. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, be sure to subscribe to our show so the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready whenever you are. And secondly, if Grace Family has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description and make a donation now. And we'll see you next time on the Grace Family Podcast.